This is JDSA's Law Talk. This is the program that gives you the straight facts on our laws and how they affect your everyday personal and professional life. So, you've created the next big thing, and naturally, you want as many people as possible to use or experience it. But you don't have time to promote and sell it because you want to move on to create the next, next big thing. What do you do? You license your intellectual property to let others sell it for you. But now you have to sort out license scope, revenues, timeline, enforcement, and a whole lot more. And that's when you discover licensing intellectual property is exactly as complex as it sounds. Fortunately, in this episode of JDSA's Law Talk, we have attorney Colleen Fry joining the show to discuss the five tips for licensing intellectual property. I'm Clint Strand, and this is JDSA's Law Talk. This is JDSA's Law Talk, brought to you by JDSA Law, one of the largest full-service law firms in North Central Washington. Join the conversation. Send us your comments and questions to lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. Colleen, always fun to talk to you. A pleasure. Thank you, Clint. This is going to be a fun topic to, uh, to dig into. So let's get into the basics here. What exactly are licensing agreements? Well, first, I think we need to step back and talk about what is intellectual property or IP as we commonly refer to it. Sure. You know, IP covers this broad category of all the intellectual and intangible creations of your mind, like inventions, literature, artistic works, designs, symbols, names, images. And IP has value just like the tangible products. And you should protect it. A license is exactly that. It's that contract that helps you control, manage, and protect your intellectual property. Okay, so what does a license allow an intellectual property rights holder to do? So a license allows that intellectual property holder, the licensor, to benefit from that IP that they created. That allows them to charge the user, the licensee for the product use, often also describe how the licensee is going to be using that intellectual property out in the marketplace. Okay, let's talk examples. Colleen, give me some types of property rights here. So there are four different types of IP rights. Ones you probably would recognize and have heard before. There's trade secrets, trademarks, copyrights, and patents. And the scope of each of these rights differs in also how they're enforced and how you contract and share them with others. Okay. So when you license this type of intellectual property, what do you include in a licensing agreement? So in a licensing agreement, you're, of course, going to want it in writing because oral agreements are always <laughs> tricky to enforce. Of course. Um, but your licensing agreement, it should be straightforward and enforceable. It should be the sort of thing that is understandable from everyone's perspective. You think about what you want to accomplish. If you just created your next big thing and you want to share it with the world, then your licensing agreement probably allows the licensee, the person who's using your IP, to go out there, share it in the marketplace, make more people aware of it, make it bigger and better. And so then all that benefit comes back to you as the licensor. And you want to make sure this isn't exclusive, right? Yeah. So there are different ways that you think about a license agreement. You know, you're assigning these limited use rights for your IP. 
you want to make sure that that ultimate ownership of your IP rights comes back to you and it doesn't go away. You're not selling your intellectual property. You're allowing someone else the right to use it on your behalf. And so when you think about what's exclusive or non-exclusive, if the product or the intellectual property idea has been created specifically for one individual, you're going to want that licensing agreement to be exclusive. They're the only individual that can ever use it. But most of the time when you invent something really fantastic, you want a lot of people to know about it and a lot of people to enjoy it. And so you're going to want to draft what's called a non-exclusive right. And that means that I'm not just giving it to you, Clint, but I'm also going to give it to all 25 of the people who live down your street. So let's talk revenue. Obviously, you want to protect your intellectual property. You want to make sure that you profit off of it. But for the person that you're licensing this to, they need to have some benefit as well, or else they wouldn't enter into the agreement to begin with. So I'm guessing that the terms controlling those revenue streams, those are key. They are. And you also want to think about what's the best way to get that IP product out into the li- out into the marketplace. You know, sometimes a license agreement involves this one-time license fee. Like, think about when you buy new software. You kind of have your upfront one-time fee that you pay for, and then you have the rights to use the software going on. Other arrangements may include paying ongoing royalties or monthly payments. You may see this if you're a licensee who's responsible for going out there and marketing something. Maybe you have to pay the IP owner based off of the volume of sales. You know, we see this pretty regularly in the ag industry where the grower or the warehouse will pay an ongoing royalty payment for those licensed crop varieties. What about some other licensing terms that people need to think about? So other licensing terms, a big one is always the term, the duration of that license agreement. How long does it run? How long are you giving someone else the right to use your IP? And on the reverse side, how long do they have the ability to promote it? Um, You also have derivative works. And that's the concept that maybe you created that next big thing, but then someone builds upon it and uses the next big thing to make something that incorporates part of it or is based on, it's a derivative of your intellectual property. And so a license agreement will often talk about those derivative works, whether they go to the benefit of the licensor or whether the licensee gets to keep those derivatives. Really important points. Now, these rules are only important if you can enforce them. So let's talk about enforcement. How do we make sure everybody plays by the rules we've all agreed to? Well, having good enforcement mechanisms within your licensing agreement is one of the key areas. You really want to address that in the license itself. You know, how the licensee may alert you if there are infringers out there and what you're going to do as the licensor. Uh, You also have one of the critical reasons why people trademark and register their trademarks. You've seen the TM symbol, and that just means you're asserting it's yours, but once it becomes that Circle R registered trademark, that's when you're granted legal rights of enforcement and specific remedies to you as the registered owner. And so Washington law, federal law, they provide some pretty stiff civil and criminal penalties for pirating, for unauthorized uses, and for that infringement of IP. 
We've talked about a lot. We've talked about licensing agreements, what exactly is intellectual property, how to enforce this, scopes of agreements. You've given us so much information. So let's bring all this together when we wrap up right here on JDSA's Law Talk that's coming your way next. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Connect with us on Facebook and on Twitter at JDSA Law. For folks who are walking away from this conversation, what are the main points you want to make sure that they leave with? Well, there are so many issues that come up when you're thinking about a licensing agreement. Uh, The laws related to IP can be highly complicated. It's ever-changing. And it's very nuanced when you're talking about both state, federal, and even international rights for intellectual property. And so I always recommend see a qualified attorney that can provide you that invaluable help with identifying not only what IP rights you might have that are even worth protecting and registering, but also preparing those licensing agreements to allow others to help you promote your intellectual property and allow you to profit from that and enforcing your IP rights into the future. Colleen, all great information. It is fantastic to hear from you and to get these great tips and pieces of advice when it comes to licensing intellectual property. Thank you so much. Thank you, Clint. You can listen to conversations like this and more online at jdsalaw.com. You can also check out JDSA's Law Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Like, rate, subscribe. We like them all. I'm Clint Strand, and this is JDSA's Law Talk. You've been listening to JDSA's Law Talk. Topics covered in this program are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be professional advice. Before making any legal decision, seek the advice of a relevant professional. To ask a question, arrange a meeting with a JDSA attorney and find Law Talk episodes on other topics. Connect with us at JDSALaw.com. Thanks again for joining us on JDSA's Law Talk.